we're joined by David Lamont, the CFO of BHP. David, congratulations on a great set of numbers. EBITDA are up uh, 21% to uh, $14.7 billion. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's great to be with you. And certainly it was a strong operational performance underpinned by some significant performance out of our Western Australian iron ore asset and also out of our Escondida copper asset. Okay, let's come back to those. Just talk about it for shareholders, first of all. Uh, a record interim dividend of 101 US cents. That's going to be about $1.27, $1.28 when it's, when it's finalised. That represented a, a payout ratio of 85%, which is well above your sort of minimum target of 50%. So I guess the question is, how sustainable is a payout ratio of 85%? Well, let me start by saying, certainly we wanted to reward shareholders with the strong performance that we had. Uh, what we do do is look at each interim period and assess the level of dividends in accordance with our capital allocation framework. And whilst we've said the 50% is the minimum, clearly as we looked at the business and looked at what our future looks like over the short term, we see some robust numbers. And so we're more than comfortable with that level of payout. But I would say that is an indication of the strength that we see in the short term. And I wouldn't necessarily put it down as being a permanent fixture. Okay, well, let's talk about the, the near term versus uh, what we're seeing at the moment, because in that half year, I think the average realized price for iron ore was about 103 US dollars. The spot price is, I guess, around about 150, it will take a few dollars. So first of all, what does that mean about sort of the, the, the delay between the spot price and the time when you realize it? And secondly, what does that mean potentially about the second half profit? Well, certainly it was one of the factors that came into the dividend and the fact that we were prepared to pay out that high level. Because as you rightly have said, the spot prices are above what we saw over the six month period. And certainly as we look at things today, we would expect to have a stronger second half versus the first half if spot prices indeed hold up over that period. And is there an average delay, David, between spot price and when you realise it? No, it, it largely flows through at the time that we actually have the spot prices as such. So, but that's gonna flow through, as we said, in January, February, March, moving through. If you look at how the curves moved in the first six months, we certainly started the year slightly below that realised price and finished it quite strong. December was actually a, a very strong month for us. Okay, let's go on to sort of the composition of earnings because BHP had been described as a sort of four pillars. We've got 70% of EBITDA in the, in the half from iron ore, 25% from copper. Uh, I think uh, oil was about 5% and um, a small loss from, from coal. So are you really a two pillar shop? Just gonna talk about um, whether that four pillar sort of idea is, is sustainable. Well, certainly we think the four pillar is sustainable. We look at that over the medium to long term, and certainly in the short term, yes, iron ore prices and copper prices have been very healthy. Contrast that with where you've seen oil prices and where you've seen coal prices, which have been impacted more by the COVID situation. Uh, and we see those that over time, um, we would see them coming back. So no, we still see a four pillar strategy as the right one underpinned by no doubt, a very robust iron ore picture and a very robust copper picture. Okay. In the um, analyst presentation, um, lots of discussion around sort of social policy and, and indicators. I want to come back to some of those just to sort of flesh out how serious they are for BHP, but not much about cost and efficiency. And a couple of years back, BHP was all about cost and driving efficiency. 
So have you guys gone soft on cost? Certainly not. Um, that is still one of the key focuses for us as an organization. Now, during the period, we did see some cost pressures come through because of FX rates. Um, obviously, we got the other benefit of that when you look at our overall gross margin percentage and, and look at our EBITDA margin, which mm -hmm. was a very healthy 59%. Uh, so we did see some benefit in the pricing and that flow through on FX pressures. But I will just come back to the fact that operational efficiency is still one of the mantras across BHP. We need to continue to drive the assets in the most efficient manner. Uh, and in local currency, just as a, an indication, our iron ore business in WA decreased in local currency by 2%. Okay, well, that's uh, something I hadn't picked up. So congratulations on that. I hope cost does remain uh, a big focus at BHP. But just on those social policy indicators, and obviously there's a, a number around things like uh, ESG type issues like sustainability and, uh, and greenhouse emissions, but also a lot of the employment side around, uh, you know, proportion of uh, the, the gender work, gender diversity, the proportion of indigenous staff um, you're taking on, and also things like, uh, you know, how much sort of local um, procurement you're doing. Just how important is, other, is that set of indicators now to BHP? Highly important. Um, having come into the organisation in December this year was one of the things that grabbed me from what it was like 15 years ago when I was at BHP, where those sorts of numbers and, and measures weren't actually in place. Now, I have, uh, and other members of the executive leadership team have targets in relation to all of those dimensions. So it is at front and centre, it gets discussed on a regular basis and is one of our key uh, targets. And talking about uh, growth, you've, um, I think you're suggesting next year will be a slight increase in CapEx from about 7.3 billion US dollars to uh, around uh, 8.8 .8 billion dollars. I've long criticised resource companies from you know, doing a whole lot of investment and acquisitions at the top of the cycle. But the question I have for you is, is BHP doing enough uh, on the growth front? We certainly think we are. Um, I'd put it in the category, there's sort of three buckets to growth. The first thing is understanding what we actually have in our backyard, and that's about exploration. And we are putting more resources into exploration as such. And, uh, you know, a clear example of that was the Oak Dam discovery that we had alongside Olympic Dam. Mm -hmm. So early exploration activity is the first part of that growth activity. The second part is looking at how we get more out of the existing base that we have. And so constantly looking at how can we bring value accretive act growth options to the table of the existing assets. And then the third area that we clearly also look at is potential M&A. Um, and to that end, we see all of those having to fit underneath our capital allocation framework and making sure that they are value accretive. Okay. And so are acquisitions on or off the agenda at the moment? Oh, they're very much on the agenda, but having said that, they need to stack up. So yeah. certainly what we have seen is uh, we did the Shenzi acquisition in the six months, which was certainly value accretive. Can you just uh, explain us. that for our, our viewers, just um, what that covers? So that was in the petroleum uh, part of the business, uh, and we increased our stake that we actually had there. So that was a $500 million uh, acquisition to mm -hmm. increase our presence in, in that field. And, and the early drilling six items that we've had since we acquired that additional 
uh, amount has proven to be pretty beneficial at this stage. So we're very pleased with the acquisition. We see that as being uh, more value accretive moving forward. And what it does enable us to do over the next five years is basically maintain our volumes in the petroleum business as opposed to what we were facing, which was a gradual decline. Right. Okay. And finally, if I could ask you, I mean, you've come to BHP or come back to BHP via CSL. So I guess two of Australia's leading companies, what's the sort of culture and the experiences like at BHP compared to, for you, compared to CSL? Look, there's a lot of things that I would say is similar. Um, to your earlier point, both, you know, well-recognised Australian companies mm -hmm. that have done uh, very well. From my side of things, coming back, what I am looking to do is bring some of the experience from CSL to the table at, at BHP. Now, CSL is a fantastic organisation which has research and development at its core. And what I am looking to do is bring some of those applications to the portfolio that we have at BHP, um, looking to see how we can make the right value decisions in an agile way. Well, David, congratulations on the result again. I mean, I know shareholders are going to be very happy with the dividend and the return. And uh, thank you for joining us on Switzer. That's David Lamont, the CFO or Chief Financial Officer of BHP. Thanks, Paul.